Another one bites the dust. Another round of playoff gone. A whole shakeup within the league. Top RBs gone. QBs gone. Wide receivers affected. It is clutch time. And A, we're here to help you through it. Making sure you're putting the best possible players into your lineup. Of course, it is your boy, Natter. What is going on, 32-bit and Sleeper Wire Nation? I am alongside the number one Australian analyst, Sheehan. How you doing over there? I am feeling festive, not just because it is Christmas this week, but because I am somehow still in the playoffs of every league that I'm in. I started draft death, started Jeff Driscoll at quarterback in one of them, um, just somehow sneaking through by the skin of my teeth. So, as long as you're still alive, anything can happen. You know that reminds me in playoffs. I went against one of my friends. And, you know, of course, we had some friendly smack talk. But after the week, I beat him, even though I had uh, Jonathan Taylor and Jamal Williams, who did absolutely nothing. He had Mark Andrews. Congratulations for doing nothing, all three of you. Uh, we, we had a quick little text exchange. He sent me a text. He goes, oh, hey, good game, you know, uh, close battle. Good luck in the next round. And, you, you know, when you kind of try to be nice and not try to be too cocky, try to be a little humble, you know, I, I say, oh, you know, good game see you too. But... You know, Jonathan Taylor's gone. So now I think I might be screwed. It should be you that goes on. You know, I, tr- I tried being nice about it. And he mm. goes, he, he goes, yeah, you're right. It should have been me. <laughs> After that, I was like, you know what? Your team was trash. I got I had, lucky to go this far. I Nick, had a similar conversation trash. with someone that I beat uh, this weekend as well. There you uh, go. So, and I, I felt bad because, like, I'm going to get knocked out this week. You would have had a chance of winning, but sucked in. You didn't. Yeah, he should have just won. You should have just won. I it's am not that man. hard. Just win. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating. It's extra frustrating to lose in playoffs because you're so close. You had the hard-fought season. Everything went your way. Your team did good. You just stumbled right at the end. And that is frustrating. And especially when it happens because of injuries. I know a lot of people with Jonathan Taylor, they got screwed. Let's just face it. You got screwed. That, that's the nature of the game, unfortunately. Sometimes you have these injuries and it costs you. I was lucky to sneak so, through in the first round of the playoffs, as we were talking about last week. Kenny Pickett got lit up like a fucking Christmas tree and didn't play for the rest of the game, but somehow snuck through there. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles and your dreams become memes. But mm. um, another side story, uh, in another league of mine, another friend, he started Brock Purdy in one. And there's things that you're proud of of somebody but somebody having the balls in the playoffs to bench Geno Smith, I mean, obviously he's going against the Niners. It's a tough matchup. I wouldn't do it either. But to put in Brock Purdy in your lineup in playoff time, that's like, you got some cojones for that. Yep. Yeah. But that's kind of what we were talking about last week as well is at this time of year, you know, you've got to keep going. you got to truck on. Like, what do you, what do you do? Well, you go for the guys that you think are going to win. What happens earlier in the season means nothing. Got to look at those guys who are in form. I started um, Donovan Peoples-Jones in a, in a game. In fact, I started 
Well, I made terrible choices here. I started Nick Westbrook Akina and Dara Gumbo Wale for a combined total of 1.9 points, but it's still one. Um, but that sort of made sense at the time, I suppose. But yeah, you know, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep trucking on. Get the uh, the guys that you're going to take you to the promised land. Like no one would have seen a couple of years ago, Kenyon Drake coming out of nowhere to win. That is true. That is true. And of course, on this episode, we are going to have the justifiable overreactions. And then she has an interesting Christmas, uh, ghost of Christmas past, present, and hey, future of yet to come. I think this is going to be an interesting and entertaining uh, segment, especially since we got some injuries in some pretty important positions. Like we mentioned earlier, Jalen Hurts probably gone for the rest of your fantasy playoffs. Jonathan Taylor gone and so on and so forth. We're probably going to have to talk about those replacements in the meantime on who is potentially startable and who to actually pick up in your lineup. But of course, hey, floor is up to Sheehan. Actually, right. actually, you know what? Before I give you the show, Floor, I have a question for you, Sheehan. Mm. What's your favorite type of chips? Poker chips. Interesting. No, I actually really but how about edible? I like hot chips. You hot know, chips? Like, like what kind of? Like, like, like a curly fry? Th- like hot Cheetos? No, uh, so here, we'll we'll go go back to to this question. When you say chips in Australia, you could mean like a like a crisp, like a potato chip, or you could mean like hot chips. It just means the same. Like over here, we call them crisps, and then chips. okay, so you know, like the brand Doritos. Yep, those type of chips, like Doritos, Lay's, Fritos, I quite stuff like, like that. I quite like a Doritos Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch, okay, that's fair. Um, is it better than the nacho cheese? I, I quite like the triple cheese. Oh, okay. I haven't had um, that one. I would say my, my absolute favorite, there is an Australian brand called Samboy. They're not so popular anymore. I don't even know if they still make them, but they were massive when I was a kid. Um, and they had two flavors. One of them was Barbecue Blast, which was my absolute favorite. Like, I love a barbecue chip. Um, and the other one was Atomic Tomato, which was like a, a tomato ketchup flavored chip. And they were so good. Ketchup flavored chips? Yeah. I understand why they don't make them anymore. Nah, you get on board. What do you like? What I don't do you know like about a that. Funyun? No, I, so, I mean, other than the average Doritos, which obviously are really good, there, there, there was a, a Tostitos, I believe. Mm. And it was with a light, I think, I think the, the flavor is with a little lime. And each little bite had just, just a hint of little just lime to it. Just a little hint. And they were so, they're so addicting to eat. Like, you have you can't just have one. You have the whole bag. That's are they it. the ones that are you, like the little cone shapes? No, no. They're like regular little dipping chips, I guess you would call them. Like, yeah, you know, stuff like that. But they, they just got the little hint of lime to it. Mm. And they're phenomenal. They're my favorite. And I, I, I think I, if I really tried finding some right now, I could probably find some. But right now, right in front of me, which is a very close second, um, Lay's Lightly Salted. Mm. And that's the theme of me right now. Like, I'm just lightly salty. There you go. No, I'm not like all the way salty where I'm upset and visibly upset and it's in my tone. But I'm a little lightly salty. Are you still uh, really like there was a brand that did a roast potato flavor? And it wasn't just like... Like a standard lightly salted chip, it had like some herbs to it as well. That was really that one I've never had. No, that's that sounds too fancy for me. Mm. No, I liked them. Anyway, 
That, that, that was my random side question because I had chips in front of me and I felt like asking. Good uh, talk. But the floor is, yeah, the floor is yours. Is this for your a- ASMR podcast that you record after you get eight yes. chips into the microphone? I mean, if you're interested, I'm interested. <laughs> Justifiable overreactions, as always. This was the best get- week of games of the season so far. I think... I wouldn't say the best... It was one of the more outlandish games. I mean, we had the Colts doing God knows what. That was bananas. It was, you know, uh, I had the game on after halftime. I was like, you know what? Okay, this game's over. I'm going to go do some errands. I'll come back at 1 o'clock for the 1 o'clock game. The Steelers and the uh, the, uh, the Browns, which that game was terrible, by the way. Mm. Um and, uh, you know, I, I, I turned on back the TV, and all of a sudden, not only is the game still on and overlapping the the, the Ravens game, uh, it, you know, it, it's about to head into overtime mm. or, or, you know, if I can make the comeback. And I said, what the hell is going on? And, I'm you know, I'm circling through social media trying to find clips of what happened in order to see how did this monstrosity of a game end up becoming like this. And uh, it, it was pretty wild. Yeah, I looked at the score at whatever point it was. It was like, wow, it's... 33 to 7 fuck me what who saw that coming and then had to get the tube home from wherever i was and then it was 21 33 and i was like, oh yeah hello and then it eventually got to the point where it's like holy shit like they're gonna they're gonna come back and then they did it was absolutely crazy biggest comeback in nfl history uh and then the the dolphins bills game was a cracker as well and then we like rolled into Sunday. I was saying to you off pod, I'd been to the uh, Darts World Championship earlier today. So we started drinking at about 10 o'clock in the morning. By the time I rolled in and put on red zone, it was probably midway through the third quarter of most of the early window. And the night's a bit of a blur, if I'm totally honest. But I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I genuinely thought like, how much did I have to drink? Like, the Jags beat the Cowboys, like the Texans and the Chiefs went to overtime. I thought I'd imagine the end of the Pats game, like absolutely nuts week of football. It is nuts. The, the, I could break down the Patriots and the Raiders game as much as possible. I respect it. That's all I got to say. I respect Jacoby Myers saying, you know what? YOLO. And he did it. He is the embodiment of the, the phrase, fuck it. Mm. And he did it. I mean... I respect it to the fullest. He was just too far gone at that point. That he's like, yeah. you know, it's like when you get one of those big fat people and they're like, I'm never going to lose this weight. I'm just going to order fucking Wendy's and McDonald's and whatever else, every meal. And they're going to crane me out of this house. I'm jealous. Um that, that it's going to roll into the next of the justifiable overreactions. Last play in the Pats Raiders game is the dumbest fucking shit in history. Yeah. I remember the Colts fake punt that they tried doing one time that didn't work to... I mean, that was also against the Patriots. Mm. That play was also up there. But I do want to say this is an overreaction because, again, against the Patriots about nine years ago... On Thanksgiving, there was a specific quarterback that ran into his own offensive butt 
fumbled the ball <laughs> that got recovered by the defense and then taken for a touchdown. And justifiably, it is named the butt fumble. Mm. That is still, in my opinion, the dumbest play in history. This, I mean, the butt fumble was as much about bad luck as it was bad design. This was just, like at any point, Jacoby, like Stevenson could have gone down. He didn't have to lateral the ball. He'd already got a first down. It didn't matter. Uh, Stevenson, uh, not Stevenson, Myers, could have just been tackled. Like, doesn't matter. Um, at some, It was like the sunken cost fallacy of NFL plays. And at this point, like, you can't even be angry. As a Pats fan, I can't even be angry. It was so dumb. But the season's gone. And hopefully, so a... Uh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. You know, it, it's been difficult being a Pats fan. Um, I'm sure everyone's heart goes out to me in that sense. Like, we've had it too no. bad for too long. Yeah, yeah. It's been so hard having one halfway disappointing year as a Patriots fan. I don't know how you guys could do it. Like, certainly not the Lions or the Browns. They've definitely not had it worse than Patriots fans. Uh, you know, out of, the, out of the teams I feel sorry for, the Patriots are on top of that list. And <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine being a fan of those teams. Like, if I was, I probably would have killed myself maybe 17 times last year. Yeah. I know we um, we kind of talked about it last week. I really hope the Lions make the playoffs. Yeah, I do too. They're so exciting. It's fun. It's fun. They're like a, a fun fun team. They're kind of sneaky good as well. And if They're I- not bad. They got an offense. Speaking of the playoffs, um, before we roll into the last one, read a fun little fact. Uh, Daniel Jones is the only quarterback in the NFC playoffs at the moment who wasn't taken outside the first round. He was number six overall pick. And Lamar Jackson is the only quarterback in the AFC playoffs for the time being that was taken outside the top ten. So let's see. So what you're saying is right now the NFC has... Jalen Hurts, who was a second rounder. Yeah. Dak, who was a third or fourth. Fourth? Uh, Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant. Yes. Taylor Heineke, who was undrafted. Yeah. Tom Brady, who was pick 199. Correct. Uh, Who else in the playoff picture there? Um, Uh, the only person would be like Jared Goff. He was in the first round. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, first round. Uh, I mean, but they're not in the playoffs at the moment. Not quite. Not quite. Um, no. uh, whoever it was. But yeah, these. Uh, Kirk Cousins was a fourth or fifth rounder. Yeah. Um, and yeah, on yeah. the flip side, Lamar Jackson, pick 32, is the only one outside the top 10. So is this a statement of how the NFC has better scouting for late-round quarterbacks? Or does this mean the AFC has been such a weak division for so long that they've taken so many quarterbacks that eventually one of them are going to hit for each team? Uh, it's possibly a little bit of both, but I would say largely it's just an interesting wrinkle. I or think you it's could just also say that the NFC teams keep whiffing on their quarterback picks. That, that is true. The NFC does like... actually. Okay, hold on. In recent teams, which which teams have really whiffed on a quarterback? Uh, like the Arizona Cardinals with Josh Rosen, okay. I, I was going to say Cardinals with Rosen. I mean, they've got Murray now. 
spot. Still kind of a potential whiff, but okay. Uh, the Jets, they're obviously in the AFC. AFC. Um, the Panthers continually. But the problem is they're not drafting quarterbacks. They just no. sign washed ones and hoping that for some odd reason they stop being washed. And then they're surprised when they're not washed. Yep, making bad decisions. Uh, um, but they're not drafting. Yeah. Uh, Rams with Jared Goff. I mean, I don't think Goff's a bust. He got the Rams. He's to not a, got the Rams to a Super Bowl. He's playing good football. He's certainly limited, but I don't think he's he's not like a, a Baker Mayfield. No, I think what's no. probably been the case is that you've had a lot of disparity between the two divisions, uh, the two conferences, and that you've had a very top-heavy AFC for a very long time and a lot of very bad teams in the AFC as a result of there being very good teams in the AFC. What? So, like, Miami and Buffalo having yes. early, and the Jets having early picks because they had to play the Patriots two times a year. So there's already two losses. Um, and, you know, other, other good AFC teams that you're meeting more regularly than NFC teams... So I, 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 I get what you mean, and I kind of agree. But I think I think it was a little cycle shift because on the in the AF, uh, NFC, there was a lot of good quarterback play in the past, like Russell Wilson playing good football, yep. Drew Brees good football, you know Matt Ryan in Atlanta playing good football. Uh, it, of course, I'm not going to sit here like you know uh, Aaron Rodgers playing good football, Kirk Cousins playing semi decent football. You know, in those divisions. In the NFC, there usually was a handful of really, really good quarterbacks. And now they're all retired or gone or washed. And, you know, the AFC has always been so weak other than the Patriots, the Colts with Peyton Manning, and the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger. You always had, like, a core group of teams that were always going to be in the playoffs in the AFC. You know, those three, it was kind of felt like, okay, which team is going to win it this time out of those three? And the NFC kind of felt like it was a, Kind of like yep. what the AFC is now, where, you, you know, there's a handful of teams that actually could do it, and then there's goals that are going to be the other dogs that somehow do. Uh, but this, it's kind of shifted now. Those teams were so bad for so long that they eventually drafted enough pieces to finally be competitive. And then those old, the good teams on the NFC, players retired or went to the AFC, and uh, they now need to draft a bunch of quarterbacks to finally come over the top, and then by then, I think the AFC teams will kind of cycle fade. You know, I think it'll just be a little hamster wheel, yep. basically what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was an interesting uh, interesting. It is, it, it is an interesting statistic. I think it also shows, like, how fast the NFL changes. Yep. Because a lot of, te- a lot of teams that we're talking about now had no relevancy a year or two ago. Yep. And... Um, I think it just shows that one, how important good, good quarterback play is. And two, that at no point in the NFL, will there be 32 good quarterbacks? There will always be bad quarterbacks in the NFL. And then there are always going to be elite ones. And there's going to be a huge gap in between. And those teams are always going to try to fill that gap. Yep. Yep. And it probably goes to show as well that, I mean, you hear all these narratives like you can't win a Super Bowl without a Mahomes or an Allen or a Herbert or whoever it is, that prototypical, strong-armed, athletic quarterback. And yet on the other side, you have... Um, I mean, Hurts being the exception is that he's athletic. Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, Tom Brady, 
Um, are we putting in, we, we putting the boy Brock in that kind of conversation already? He's certainly the quarterback for the 49ers. And prior to that was Jimmy Garoppolo, who was also a second round pick. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just interesting that, you know, good scouting, good development is probably worth just as much as good draft pick. Fair enough. I can, I can get with that. Anyway, and our third justifiable overreaction, Chigga Conquo, with the fantastic <laughs> nickname, Nashville Fried Chicken, is a league winner this year, but a league loser next year. He could be this year's Robert Tunyon. Yep. Where, you know, he's not getting that many receptions, but he's getting some decent yards couple touchdowns now and it looks like he's starting to find a rhythm in his offense or maybe you know maybe not the Robert Tunyon but maybe this year's tight end position of Gabriel Davis where he finally found some relevancy at the end of the season and it's going to carry on into the offseason he's going to build up a bunch a huge hype train that I'm probably going to hop on and then of course comes to the regular season he doesn't do anything and then of course it just comes all crashing down um Right now, he is deserving of a tight end waiver priority pick. Yeah. Because of, especially if you don't have anybody good or if you have questionable play, like Pat Firmworth dropping a donut, unacceptable. If you have him, Okinawa, Sir, o- Sir Okinawa here is going to take <laughs> you to the promised land before you, you start Pat Firmworth. The entire Japanese island of Okinawa. Yeah. Uh, do you know who is most accurate size speed um, profile matches no in the entire NFL George Kittle Derek Henry oh like basically the same 40 speed the same size like the guy's a monster yeah is that a testament of how big he is or a testament to how big Derek Henry is probably a little bit of both girthy people Um, the fact that he just runs over people but I think what this does illustrate is the point that we make every year is you can wait on tight end. You could always wait on tight ends, but man, is it nice to have a Travis Kelsey. Like I told you, this year is one of those few years that I actually invested in tight end early, whether it's Mandrews, Kittle, or uh, sorry, Kelsey. And I do think it has paid dividends and it is changing my draft strategy a lot. And right now I'm trying to figure out how could I still have effective running backs strong tight end, some wide receivers, and still go for a running quarterback. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I think we're going to have some really interesting draft strategy pods over the offseason. Yeah, I, I think once the offseason comes and we start wrapping around the draft season, uh, a lot of theory crafting is going to be going on, and uh, I, I think I'm probably going to have some of the best draft strategies for people to be utilizing. Yeah, I am still going to be waiting on tight end, but I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it is Christmas, Nada. Correct. And one of my favorite Christmas stories is, I, I think, the best Christmas story, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And the okay. second best... Well, I, before I roll into this, what's your favorite? you have a favorite Christmas movie? I think Home Alone's too easy. Yeah? So, no. No. Well... No. Unfortunately, I don't. 
the story that gave us so much of the certainly the christmas traditions in the uk and probably around the world those ideas of snowy christmases and goodwill to all men all of that born out of the charles dickens classic a christmas carol and Uh i i absolutely love it and for those of you not familiar ebenezer scrooge is visited by the ghosts of christmas past the ghost of christmas present and the ghost of christmas yet to come and he discovers the meaning of christmas and he stops being a grumpy old arsehole and he learns to embrace it and it is in the spirit of that that i thought we'll have a look at some players who could be the ghosts of christmas past present and yet to come for us this weekend so let's start with the ghosts of christmas past here and for me these are players who are waning stars and they're maybe not where they used to be they're down potentially on what they could deliver and we could talk about how we project them going into this weekend can you trust them can you be visited by the ghost of christmas past this weekend and i think the ultimate fantasy football ghost of christmas past is the hallmark man himself alvin Kamara. shows up being on a holiday won people leagues with his five touchdown performance a couple of Christmases ago. Don't remind me. Shadow of his former self now. I don't know about shadow for former self, but... No? I still have nightmares of him. I mean, that. I think he's... Therapy couldn't fix it. I think he's been very disappointing this year. Oh, he has been. But I feel like that should have been expected, especially with the lack of quarterback play, lack of wide receiver help questionable O-line, questionable coaching staff. There was just a lot of question marks on this roster that I feel like you should have known and seen and accounted for when you drafted Alvin Kamara. Uh, You're still starting him, especially against Cleveland. They have a good run defense, but unless you have a clear-cut, clear-cut improvement to your team in Alvin Kamara, which I really doubt you do, I'm sorry, he's probably going to be in your starting line. Let me counter that by saying Cleveland actually have a terrible run defense. Okay, sorry. I usually uh, I usually uh, associate Bra- the Browns with semi-decent run defense. That makes sense. However, since week eight, where he scored 38 points against the Raiders, okay. he has scored in half-point PPR 7.7 points, 6 points, 10.9 points, 8 points, 4.7 points, 11.4 points. Yeah, it's still not good. And he's looked bad as well. Like, no. he hasn't looked explosive. I I think he's benchable this week. He had 23 touches last week. It didn't, it didn't produce anything, but he still had 23 <clears throat> touches. He didn't, and he's not got the competition for t- uh, touches in the, the backfield that he has in the past. He rushed for 91 yards. Yep. That's not, that's a good game. That's uh, 20 carries for 91 yards. That's like four and a half yards per carry. That's, that. I can't, like, I can't tell you that's a bad stat line. It's not. I mean, it's good days work. He, he just was missing the touchdown. If he scored a touchdown, that just would have been, you know, a cherry on top, and we're probably not having this conversation. He has scored three touchdowns for the year, combined rushing yeah. receiving. Definitely, definitely underwhelming this year. Yep, and he scored them all in one game. 
Ouch, that's actually kind of rough now that you mention it. I think there's the potential that if you have a, you know, if you have a replacement for him, that you could sit Alvin Kamara this week. Okay, like AJ Dillon. Uh, well, no, he's in concussion protocol. He's not going to play. He, I think, I believe he cleared it actually. Really? Yeah, looks like uh, ten hours ago, AJ Dillon clears concussion protocol. Oh, there you go. Um, Interesting. I don't know. I don't know about AJ Dillon. If we if we do the classic, not the top ten. Look at Kamara's ranked twelve, so he's already not in the top ten. Isaiah Pacheco at twenty two versus Seattle. Give me Isaiah Pacheco over Alvin Kamara. Okay. Okay. I can follow that. Give me David Montgomery versus Buffalo over Alvin Kamara. Yes, but David Montgomery, like, like Zeke had his second round ADP. Montgomery had about a third to late four, early fourth round ADP. Yes, okay. it's realistic that they're both on your team, but it's difficult to swing. Well, true. Um, all right. In that case, Latavius Murray, you would have got him off the way. Why? Against the Rams, no Aaron Donald. It's tough to convince me that. Uh, uh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Like, yes, Latavius Murray is doing good. Yes, he's going to get touches. Oh, that's so tough for me to do. Like, yes, he's doing better. Yes. You, it is probably realistically a smarter start. God, it's so hard for me to do, like pull the actual trigger for that because there's always a saying: start your studs. If you I, lose I in the playoffs because you didn't start your stud, you're just gonna feel really stupid. I, I believe that if you can justify the decision, then it's not a bad decision. So if you bench Alvin Kamara because you're like he hasn't scored a touchdown for this long, um, you know he's not he's not been that good. So I'm going to start Devin Singletary over him. Maybe not Devin Singletary because you're like, well, he's not even the number one rush. Let's say Zonovan Knight because he's okay. been in good form. The Jets have Jacksonville on Thursday night, so I'm going to start him over Alvin Kamara. And if he shits the bed. So be it, I've got the rest of the weekend to make up for it. And it doesn't happen. And maybe in the end you're like, well, I, I, want, that, I want that Kamara holiday pop. I'm going to start him anyway. But I don't know how he's being ranked that highly. But by the same token, like you said, he's coming off a 100-yard game. He's had 21 rushes for 91 yards against a terrible run defense. You can justify putting him in your lineup. But if that's the logic you go for, don't come crying to me on Monday if he does nothing. And you go, I knew it, he hasn't fucking scored a touchdown for eight weeks. Yeah. I fully agree. If you can... Man, it's it's tough. It's tough to sit there, sit here and recommend somebody to not start... Not start Alvin Kamara. Because especially if you're if it's a two RB and a flex, which it most likely is, 
there's no way you have three uh, three RBs better than Kamara. If you do, I mean, congratulations. You're probably doing well in the playoffs. But like Tyler Algier over Kamara, probably not. No, I don't think I could recommend that. Uh, why not? I mean, yes, Tyler had a good game. I don't think he duplicates that. This is a one-off game for him, in my opinion. But he has 17 carries for 139 yards and a touchdown. Got Baltimore this week. And full full uh, disclosure here, I have him marked down as one of our ghosts of Christmas yet to come. So we're going to talk about yeah. him anyway. Yeah, we'll talk so about we, it later. We may, no, we may as well roll into him now if we're, we're talking about comparison-wise. I think I would still go Kamara over Tyler Algier. Like over Michael Carter, yeah, definitely. Chubba Herbert, yeah. Antonio Gibson, yes. Deion Jackson, yes. What about Cordero Patterson over Alvin Kamara because of Tyler Algier? Does Algier have potential to just ruin your week? Yeah, he definitely has potential. But, I mean, that, that was supposedly Tyler Algier's coming out party. But Port- Cordell still had 14 touches. For fifty for fifty two yards and a touchdown, so he still has a role in this offense. It's not what it once was. You know, he's in the flex category, of course, but you could definitely start Cordell Patterson. He's a big boy, Algier. He's a big guy. He is. He's a big boy. Uh, I'm glad that. Well, I'm not glad that Huntley's injured. You never want to play to get injured, but I'm glad Huntley's not going to be taking touches off him because Huntley's terrible. Yeah, I fully agree there. I, I wasn't sure why he was still in the lineup. Maybe it was just to keep everybody young and rested, but. Uh, in my opinion, it was clear he was the odd man out in that group. So against, let's say since week week four, which was his first like proper fantasy relevant performance, Tyler Algier. Uh-huh. Um, against top 10 defenses, he scored six, uh, five points against Tampa Bay, five points against San Francisco, uh, five points against Washington. Baltimore the fifth ranked run defense. Again, I could justify you could justify not starting him. This one feels Big like a, if he's been in your lineup. I'm going to go out and say about... if he's been in your lineup, continue uh-huh. to start him. If he's not been in your lineup, don't start him. We're talking about Tyler Algier. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good analysis. Like if you've been relying on him, put him in. If he's been kind of the stash on your bench, leave him there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, I could see this being a, a very a, a rough week for him. I'll follow put, you with that one. Put your um, put your cock on the block here. Okay. Are you benching or starting Kamara this week? I am benching. I mean, sorry. I am starting Alvin Kamara this week. I am starting him. Is he a RB2? Yes. At the By the end of the week, top 24 running back? Yes. What's his, what's his line over under? 15 and a half? To, is he going to be a top 15 running back? If he gets a touchdown, yes. If he does not, he'll be around the 11 fantasy point mark. I'm tempted That's, to say bench. But I'm going to put the caveat in. If you can offset 
Because he because he's gonna have a, a solid stat. He's gonna have a baseline. Yeah, he's safe. You know, he has a high floor. He's gonna have a, and I'm talking half point PPR. Obviously, I think you'd probably still starting him in PPR, even though he's catching's probably not been where you'd want him. No, to be. it has it has not been, which usually is his forte, where you know he's gonna get some receptions, but he's not getting those receptions. He's kind of been vultured a lot by Taysom Hill as well. Yes, he has been. And the problem is, is Taysom Hill has been effective. So it's not like he could sit there and justify not giving the ball to Taysom Hill. I mean, he threw a touchdown last game. Mm. I know. I started him. Nice job. Um, I think if you can offset the baseline with some ceiling, then by all means. But if you are starting Alvin Kamara, expecting him to win you a week with 25 to 30 points... I don't think he's that player anymore. Exactly. And if you have a choice between him and a higher upside player, I'd go the higher upside player. But it has to be a justifiable upside player. There's not too many running backs that are feast or famine right now. They're usually either, you know, they're going to get you some fantasy points or you're really hoping they break in the end zone. Yep. Like, like right now, I know we, we might talk, touch about him in a moment. Jamal Williams. Like, I'm going Kamara over Jamal Williams. Yeah. Uh, are you? Yes. Um, who do they have? They have Carolina. Carolina. No, like, Jamal Williams, Williams. like, Jamal Williams needs to score at least one touchdown, which, I mean, which he's been doing the majority of the time for him to be fantasy relevant. He's not getting hefty volume. He's not getting solid touches outside the 20. But once he gets to the red zone, Jamal Williams is in the game. You know, he's going to break one in. He did last week, but there was a penalty for holding, and it got called back. But he didn't score a touchdown, and he ended up with thinking like full point PPR with three and a half points. Yeah, like that's not going to cut it. That's his floor. Three and a half points is his floor. What's the ceiling? A touchdown added on, maybe two, which is still like about 12, 15 fantasy points. It's not that great. games early in the season since Thanksgiving he's definitely slowed up a bit scoring wise yes Um, I think teams are realizing if he's in the game especially on the goal line they're going to give him the football yeah he's on he's on our list here as a ghost of Christmas present who are players who've done well this year and are they going to continue to do well like I'd still try to find a way to put Jamal Williams in my lineup because you know he has high touchdown upside. But if I have to do an either-or between Kamara and Jamal Williams, I'm going Alvin Kamara. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I really, I do think that's fair. I think they'll probably end up within about a point and a half of each other. Yeah. But they'll just get it different ways. Yes. Like, Jamal Williams needs to get touchdowns in order to accumulate fantasy points. Alvin Kamara, while still being disappointing, has been doing it without getting touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're almost the reverse in that Jamal Williams is the vulture in this case. Yes. Yes. Like, I don't know if you remember like Garrett Blunt. Mm-hmm. He was also in the Lions. season. Yeah. And then, of course, when he went to the Lions, he was that phenomenal, put me on the one-yard line, I'll get you that touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember multiple stat lines where it was like two, two rushes, two touchdowns, two yards. 
Yeah, he led the NFL in in touchdowns one year. I had him uh, had him in fantasy. He was great. He's my favorite. He was so. Uh, another ghost of Christmas past. I think bears uh-huh. discussing. That's Ezekiel Elliott at Philadelphia. Now, I yeah, think he's a must start. Yeah, one hundred percent must start. That's it. You find him in your lineup. You're putting him over Kamara. How about that? Yep, agreed. Has scored yeah. a at least one touchdown every week since week six. Yeah, like I'd put him over Kenneth Walker. I'd put him over Raheem Mostert, J.K. Dobbins, Pacheco, Montgomery, Latavius Murray, Swift, Rashad White, Singletary, Fournette, Robinson Jr., A.J. Dillon, Slot of the Night, Kim Akers, Zach Moss, Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier, James Cook, Chuba Herbert, all those people in those range. Travis Etienne, Jarek McKinnon, Najee Harris, Miles Sanders. I'd put Zeke over all, every single running back I just mentioned could be a top 10 this week yeah it's not too difficult for him against philadelphia that looks like it they really this is a bragging rights game mm. for the cowboys not for the philadelphia eagles no like philadelphia doesn't need this game and chances are they're not even going to play you know jalen hurts i think he's out for probably maybe the rest of the season yeah you know if the cowboys win then philly's just going to say oh we didn't have our starter you know if philly wins then obviously the cowboys are in some huge trouble but uh, this is a game that I think the the Cowboys are going to absolutely pounce on Philadelphia just because right now I think they've got a little itch. Yep. Yep, I'm with you. I think this will be be a Cowboys win. Zeke must. Zeke must must start. start. That's it. Must start. Anything else on Zeke? No, must start. Another one, a guy showed up big for me on the holidays previously, Amari Cooper. Find a way to put him in your lineup. Really? Yeah. I really, I really, like right now, yeah. You, you find a way to put him in your lineup. So, like, first half of the season, or the first 12 games of the season, 11 games of the season, was averaging 13.6 points in half point PPR, 16 in PPR. Since Deshaun Watson has come in, the massage king of Chicago, uh, averaging six points. I think they'll get it together. I think they get it together. Like I would rather have Amari Cooper in than Zay Jones, Olave, Ayuk. I'm not sure about Deontay Johnson, Drake London, Darius Slayton, Gabe Davis, Marquise Brown, Thielen, Lazard, Pickens, Myers, Peoples Jones. I mean, there's names in that that I would rather have. Um, Peoples Jones is out snapping Amari Cooper. I don't know if I'd start Peoples Jones over Amari Cooper. However, I think he's going to get Marshawn Lattimore for most of. Cooper's going to get Marshawn Lattimore for company most of the day on Sunday. And what has been the Amari Cooper experience? It's big weeks and shitting the bed weeks. This to me feels like it's more likely to be shitting the bed week just due to lack of volume and due to that offense not clicking at all. Nick Chubb <laughs> doesn't look good. The only player who looks good in that offense at the moment is Donovan Peoples Jones. Yes, but Cooper's been shitting the bed multiple times in, weeks in a row. So he's due for his big game. The only league I have him, I have to start him because I don't have an alternative. Exactly. I think a lot of people are going to be forced to put Amari Cooper in their lineup. Not because they want to, but they have to. But if he wasn't injured, uh, he, in this case, being 
Debo Samuel, yeah. I wouldn't be starting Amari Cooper. I'd be starting Mike Williams, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, and Debo Samuel over him. Okay, to be fair, okay, you got studs on your lineup. Okay, all those players are rated higher right now than Amari Cooper. Um, and, the, I mean, there's no one else on my bench who is better than him. Like, um, I'd rather start Amari Cooper over Jerry Judy and DJ Moore. Maybe Michael Pittman. See, no, I don't think Judy. I think Judy's the number one in that offense now. Uh, is Sutton still hurt? Yeah, I think he's out for the year, isn't he? Ooh. Um, and who's the other one that you said there? DJ Moore. They're playing the Lions. Yeah, okay, hold on. All right, that's a good matchup. So Dr. Amari's ranked 26th this week. Amari Cooper over Zay Jones. Against the Jets? Mm. That's tough. That's a really good defense. What about Babe Davis? No. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who is, is currently has the record for most targets in an NFL season without a touchdown. I, li- I do like Deontay Johnson against the Raiders. I do like that matchup. Yeah. I think... I- I'd rather Thielen versus the Giants over, uh, over Murray Cooper. I'm <sighs> almost tempted to say people's Jones over Cooper. It's tough. It's tough. Like, you're in the playoffs. You can't get cute. If you had them both on your team, and conceivably you could if you only watch football sporadically since 2016, Alvin Kamara and Amari Cooper, would you roll them both out? Yeah. No, I don't think you can. I I really don't think you can. I don't think there's enough... There's not enough confidence for me in both players to roll with two potential bed shits. If you have if if you have Kamara and Amari Cooper and you advance to the playoffs like this, you probably have some good studs all around you to the point where you can kind of afford one Alvin Kamara's higher floor and Amari Cooper's high ceiling but low floor. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I but mean, that's they, a that's they, a hypothetical sort of scenario. Offs- they sort of offset in that sense, don't they? In, th- in theory. I'm I'm not trusting Cooper this week. I just don't think that ceiling is there. That's fair. I um, won't blame you for that. If you could find a way to put a consistent, solid replacement in his lineup, like Zay Jones, for example, I wouldn't be upset at you for it. Like, don't do it over somebody like Darius Slayton or Jacoby Myers. No. But <laughs> Fucking Jacoby Myers. But like, like you know that you mentioned Jerry Judy, I'm like, okay, yeah, I could do Jerry Judy over Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, I could do that over Cooper, Michael Pittman, do that over Cooper. I don't know about Devonte Smith now. That's a questionable. But yeah, without um, without Hurts, that is questionable. Yeah. So so, real fast. What do you do with the Eagles? Start Sanders. Start Sanders. Yeah, he's must start. Start Brown. 
Okay. That's it. Fair enough. That's it. I mean, Smith has that big play potential, and we know Minshew does air it out. I think they're going to be not really giving him too much to do. But Minshew is not the worst backup in the league. I think he's a borderline starter in the league. Um, would you rather Devon Smith or Amari Cooper? I'd probably go with Smith. I trust the Eagles more, so I'd go with Devontae Smith. And that game is likely to be a shootout. I'm roll, I'm still rolling Smith. Fair enough. I okay. think that I, I, can, I can get with you on that one. He's one of those players, and you could say the same about Amari Cooper. I don't think he's that player anymore. But if he gets four targets, he might have three catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Like, I don't think you need volume for Devonta Smith to be a productive player. It certainly helps, but he can score from anywhere. Fair enough. And that's the Fair players enough. you want in the playoffs. Yeah, I can get with that. Yeah, you you have no you have no disagreement from me on this. Yep. Uh, another ghost of Christmas past might be slightly unfair because I don't think he's actually that bad uh, anymore. George Kittle must start. Absolutely must start. Yeah, you're not starting Okinawa over him. You're not starting Dulce. Dulce. You battling over him. the names of players is just. Yeah, Dawson Knox, you're not doing it. Everett, not doing it. Maybe you can do Taysom Hill over it. I wouldn't be upset at you for it, but, like, you know, you couldn't be mad at yourself for either option. Like, he must start. That's it. Um, Brock Purdy versus that Washington pass rush. That offensive line for the Niners has been playing pretty good so far. Kyle's put together a good blocking scheme. I, I expect it to happen again. I'm not starting Dallas got it, by the way. As uh, he's just come off IR. We talked yeah, about that in yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, let's have a look at some ghosts of Christmas presents. Guys who've been good this year and how we feel about them. Uh-huh. Jalen be... Waddle. Oh, sorry. Before I cut you off real fast, we're like 57 minutes in right now. We'll roll through these guys quickly then. Yeah, yeah. Just... And we talked for like 10 minutes at the top of the episode. Yeah, we did, yeah. Just about making sure. Nothing. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Jalen Waddle. It's must start. Oh, absolutely. Like he, absolutely he, must start. He has too much high of a ceiling for you to not put him in your lineup. Against too Green high Bay, of a ceiling. Sorry. Yeah, it's a good matchup. It's a good matchup. You got to put him in. T. Higgins versus New England. Still, still must start. Like you know, they're going to put a lot of attention on uh, Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, you got to do it. I disagree. I don't, they are going to put work into Chase. I think um, I think Higgins is a bench. I, I there's no way, no, no. Like for who? I think the the two things that worry me about Higgins are his injury recently and soft tissue soft tissue injury, notoriously difficult to get over. Um, I could see him easily exiting the first quarter and, and he's done nothing. And you could say Did that he, about any player, but 
I just don't have that confidence. I think New England's a pretty good matchup for him. So, I, I don't know. I would... He's the 16th ranked wide receiver this week. Would you start Amari Cooper over him? No. Um, Juju, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy. No. no. Higgins, in my opinion, he's a must-start. Must-start? Must-start. I think there's high bedship potential. He's the, the offense is too reliable. Fair. Fair. That should be... I, I think they'll do a number on New England, personally. Yeah, I, don't I think, think New England is a little bit demoralized. Yeah. I think they just saw their... The, w- w- Jacoby Myers threw that season away. Now, granted, they probably weren't going to make the playoffs or do anything, even if they did. But Jacoby Myers figuratively threw away the season. And uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of a collapse from New England. I also have very little confidence in Ramondre Stevenson this week. Fair enough. Um, as an aside. Uh, Zay Jones has been great the last couple of weeks. Seems to have His rise seems to have coincided with Trevor Lawrence's. They got the Jets, arguably the best defense in the league on Thursday night. By the time this comes out, you'll probably already know the result. How are you feeling about Zay Jones? I, it's difficult to tell you to bench somebody who's playing good football as of late. He's in form. The, the Jaguars are in form. Trevor Lawrence is in form. I think bench Zay Jones, start Christian Kirk. I think Chances Sauce are Gart- you probably don't have both of them. Sauce Gart- I had them both in uh, Scott Fishbowl. And then no I, dropped Zay jo- I, I dropped Zay Jones. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I, ages and ages ago, like after week six or something, I was like, this this ain't happening. Because um, Kirk was getting all the targets at that point. Uh, and I wanted that Lawrence Kirk stack. Um, I think Source Gardner will get Zay Jones. He's their most, he's their best weapon. Source Gardner doesn't give up a hell of a lot. I do, and Jones plays more on the outside. That's why I think it is going to be a Kirk game. And I don't think Zay Jones has enough in the bank to say this guy is a must start. I I, I will agree with there. I'd put like Chris Olave over Zay Jones. I'd put like you know we mentioned his name a handful of times. Amari Cooper over him. But I'm not doing something like Drake London, Gabriel Davis, Marquise Brown, Adam Thielen, Lazard. I'd start, I'd start Gabe Davis over him. He hurts me too much. I can't do it anymore. Start Hollywood Brown over him. Uh, they're on the third string wide, third string quarterback. Are they? Yeah. Oh, you're right. They are too. Probably not. Uh, my apologies, everyone. Um, start people's Jones over him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I have I have very little confidence in Zay Jones this week. Right now, Zay Jones is a twenty seventh ranked receiver. And now, with our ghost of Christmas yet to come, Christian Watson. Yeah, must start. Uh, His ceiling is so high. Yeah. Must start. And Justin Fields. Must start. Even against Buffalo, his rushing potential is so high. So high. 
Uh, I will agree on all of those there. And we already talked about our Al- Algaia, Algier. Algier. Anyone else you want to talk about before we roll into the two-minute drill? Uh, no, I think that kind of nailed it. Christmas Day, a football day. I don't know about you. I don't necessarily love football on Christmas. Uh, we are going to be in the States for Christmas this year, so the time zone throws it out a little bit. Previous years, I have loved being able to switch the game on at 6 o'clock. Everything, nothing happens that late in the day over here, so you can kind of roll into it. But we have the Packers and the Dolphins. I don't know how that is really going to line up as a game. I, I think it could be a fun, high-scoring one. Um, you're starting Rodgers, you're starting Aaron Jones, starting Christian Watson, and you're starting all your Dolphins. I'm excited to see how that happens um, and, and how it plays out. I think this will be the best game of the day. Middle of the day, the centerpiece and uh, proof that you can't predict what's going to happen in the NFL. We've got the Broncos at Rams. That'll be the most boring shit in the afternoon. Mate, you want to go back and have more turkey and speak to your family instead of watching it. I don't know if I can really advocate for any player here. Cam Akers maybe had a 100 scrimmage yards last game, so good for him. But the Broncos, very strong defense. Uh, Jerry Judy has been uh, playing a lot better as we've talked about and the Bucks at Cardinals again another game that probably won't be that exciting as you said the uh, Cardinals will either have Trace McSorley or Colt McCoy playing quarterback not particularly exciting they're going to lean on James Connor so if you've got him that's good news and uh, Hopkins will get his on the other side of the ball the Bucks are a tough watch um, Brady possibly playing his, his last season his last couple of games needs to get those wins get him into the playoffs um feel like it could be a good game for Chris Godwin, who has five catches in 11 straight games. Um, so watch out for Chris Godwin and no love for Lenny Fournette for me. You know, as much as I hate Leonard Fournette, I hate Leonard Fournette. That yep. is it. There's yep. nothing wrong with Leonard Fournette. I just hate him. Like, I, I have personal vendettas against players like T.Y. Hilton. I can't stand the guy. Can't stand the guy. I'd rather lose my week than put him in my lineup. Can't stand T- him. T.Y. Hilton. Any reason? Yeah. yeah. Do I have a reason? No. I just hate him. That's it. Like, he – that's it. Like, he just triggers me in a way that I hate him. I'm sure everybody has that way with a person where you have no reason to hate that person. He's done nothing wrong. He's probably a nice person. Probably a great guy. I just hate him. That's it. Yep. Yep. Um, T.Y. stands for trash, yo. Yeah. Sounds about right. Can't stand it, dude. Anyway. You know, you, you were nice enough to take the Sunday games. I'm just going to rewind the just a quick for a moment and take us to the Saturday games. Well, real fast, we're going to have the doozy of the birds battling once again, the Falcons and the Ravens. But, you know... Falcons are cooler birds. So obviously they're going to do a whole lot better than the Ravens. Tyler Algier is going to pick off where he left off yesterday, last week. He's going to have a good game, even though we kind of told you guys to leave him on your bench. But he's going to have a good game. Lamar Jackson, still not playing. Tyler Huntley has proved that he's kind of low-key trash. So I'm not really starting anybody other than Manders in this offense. But even then... I'm still only going to start managers in this offense. Moving on to the Lions of the Carolina Panthers. I just want to see Jamal Williams score another one-yard touchdown. Just one time for the one time. Just so he can do what he does best. Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, is going to have a big game. 
Fun fact, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, all. He is one of four players between Godwin, Tyreek, and Jefferson with 10 games of six catches. I mean, he's going for a seventh in a row this week. Should do it. No problem. <laughs> Bills and Bears, not interested in this game. You know, you're just starting the people on the Bills. You start Justin Fields and David Montgomery. That's about it. Nothing special about this game. Honestly, probably going to be a snooze fest. Same with the Saints and Browns. Honestly, probably going to be a snooze fest. Chiefs and Seahawks. This one, I, 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 this one's going to be a good game. This one's going to be a high-flying game. A lot of school points scored. There's going to be a lot of fantasy-relevant players like DK, Kenneth Walker, Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett. All startable, must start in your lineups. Chiefs, obviously, you got the Mahomes, Pacheco, McKinnon, Kelsey, Juju. You know, all must start players. This is going to be a good game. I like this one. I'm going to set aside this game to watch it because I want both teams to lose, but that's not going to happen. So the Chiefs are going to be fun to watch. And honestly, the Giants, Vikings, two trash teams that think they're good. Records don't match how they play. Uh, it's going to be a dumpster fire of a game. And then you got the Bengals of the Patriots where Belichick had one of his most embarrassing blunders against the Raiders where he could have said on to Cincinnati. I don't know if he did, but hey, <laughs> as the famous saying goes on to Cincinnati. And then of course we got stuff like the Titans and Texans, the Niners commanders. No one cares about this stuff like that. Eagles, Cowboys, you know, it'd be cool if Jalen Hurts was playing. He's not playing. Don't care anymore. That's going to be the Saturday games. Nice one, man. Thank you. Thank you. Good wrap. Now, what do you got in the in the prognostication? You got a Christmas present? Yeah, the Saturday games are going to outscore the Sunday games. I mean, there's more of them. It's pretty Is there? good. Hold on. One, yeah, there's three games on two. Sunday. Oh. There's a game on Thursday, game on Monday, which leads there's 11 on Saturday. So, yeah, real good one, Nata. Real, um, got him. <laughs> real strong. Okay, okay. There. The Sunday games are going to outscore the Saturday games. I think that was my prediction from the other week that the Saturday would outscore the Sunday. Didn't happen. But, uh, all right. Fine. Go with that. Um, Got him. I am going to say that a player goes absolutely ham, scores five touchdowns, Alvin Kamara style. Ooh. And if I need to name that player. Justin Jefferson. Ooh. Okay, that's going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to be like a... I'm going to say it's going to be like a real weird stat line too. It's going to be like six catches for a hundred and something yards and five touchdowns. I think it's going to be Jefferson. But yeah, yeah, that's going to hurt. The underlying prognostication is a player is going to score five touchdowns. That, That hurts. Doable, doable, but it hurts. Mm. But alrighty, everybody. Hopefully, you have a phenomenal holiday Christmas. Get some good football in, advance in your playoffs. But other than that, it is your boy Natter alongside Sheehan. Where can they find you, sir? As always, I'm at Sheehan Solo on Twitter. You can listen to my other podcast, Screen Pass. And other than that, uh, happy holidays, everyone. Of course. Good luck, everybody. I'm ready. I'm ready.
I'm ready for all today.